Welcome to the JJC Podcast Experience with your host, Stephanie Achioso, and this is Saturdays with Stephanie. The JJC Podcast Experience in partnership with the Red Radio. So the topic for today is colorism. <laughs> um, I have guests with me today. Um, we have... Uh, I'm Duncan Agar. Hi, Duncan. I'm Tashil Mystery. Hi, Tashil. So like I said, we're going to be talking about colorism today. As we usually do, we're going to start with a fun little story time. Um, I don't know where to start with this. Fun fact, I used to bleach my skin. Any comments on that? What does that do? Like, like it makes you lighter. Makes you lighter. Yeah. Why? What's you... the point? Like, why did you feel? Because, okay, you guys can't see me, but I'm dark skin. And I say this quite a lot. Like, I'm dark skin. I'm not... Um, somewhat a citizen i'm a girl and i'm a child so i'm like right down there like with society and rankings and what is considered beautiful i'm like just right down there and it's kind of hard for me too because my family's light skin doesn't make sense um my dad's light skin my mom's light skin my siblings are light skin so every time when people see me they're like what happened (laughs) so that's always like that's been my life for the longest time I'm um, just going out with my family. Oh, is that your cousin? Oh, is that your, your friend? It's like, no, that's my daughter. No, that's my sister. Like, I've never actually felt like a part of my family or like my environment because I was always different. And, you know, in society, um, light skin is considered beautiful. Funny fact, actually, do you guys know why light skin is considered more beautiful than dark skin? Actually, I, don't you don't? I I don't even know it's considered to be more beautiful to this point. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, and just before <laughs> Stephanie continues, if you haven't seen Stephanie, she's actually a really beautiful lady. Yeah. Sure, no. <laughs> um, light skin is considered beautiful because it's closer to white. Isn't that interesting? So, is it like col- effects of coloni- colonialism, yeah. possibly? So, yeah. who made that up? Like, who who set that standard? The colonists. Because, <laughs> you know, back in the day, they used to have, like, the brown paper bag um, test. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, so it's just been based off of that. The lighter you are, the more beautiful you're seen. Because white is seen as the perfect race. So the closer you are to the perfect race, the more perfect you seem. So since I'm nowhere close to the perfect race, obviously um, the standard of beauty is up there because that's what's considered perfect. So I'm not anywhere up there, so I'm considered not beautiful. Like, throughout my life, I've gotten so many comments saying, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. If only you were light-skinned. Or you're a black beauty. If you say that to someone, guys, it's not a compliment. Just putting that it's out a there now. microaggression. Yeah. <laughs> microaggression. It's not, it's not a compliment. Saying someone is black beauty, it's like saying, oh, you're pretty... English today. <laughs> you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. Or you're pretty for a black girl. That's not a compliment. It's the same... Rule And what I've noticed a lot is colorism is only amongst um, cultures and PSC people cultures. of color. Yeah. Because yeah. Duncan, not putting you on the spot here, um, this is your first time hearing about colorism. Yeah, that is true. Like, I actually didn't know that this was a thing before we spoke about the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably highly ignorant of me as well. But I guess I don't get exposed to it, you know? So how would I know about it? Yeah. It's just not in your community, and that's yeah. understandable. It's like people find it hard to connect to issues that don't like 
directly affect them. Apply to them. Yeah. And it's understandable. You can't shame yourself for information that you didn't have access to, which is okay. To sure. Two cents. So basically, I'm sure, as we mentioned before, you guys can't see us. So I'm an Indian person. And basically, in the South Asian community, colorism is a huge thing. If you had to go to like a function or anything, if you are dark skinned, you will not be complimented at mm-hmm. all. And I think I've seen it a lot, especially like within my family, because similar to Stephanie, there are family members of mine where one sibling is light skinned and the other is dark skinned. And the light skinned sibling was always given preference or treated very differently to the dark skinned sibling, even if it wasn't like remotely necessary. So does the same apply to boys and girls? Same standards like light and dark with girls, it's more harsh because, you know, girls are held up to a higher standard of beauty. Yeah. Because um, I have the same thing in my family. Because they're mostly light-skinned, it's always like, haha, I'm prettier than you because you're dark-skinned. Or, um, one thing that really offended me, what offended me was when I was going through the whole identity crisis and being dark-skinned and not being seen as beautiful, is that I actually got support doing that when it was actually wrong like from my mom my family like once you get into that um situation and then you start getting compliments like you said you don't really get compliments but the second i started bleaching my skin i was like oh my gosh you're so beautiful oh your skin is so beautiful you're so fair it's amazing from my family and from my community and it just makes you feel like the people that you know brought you into this world and the people that are supposed to be you know your sense of unconditional love it's actually just Conditional. Conditional, yeah. Yeah. I know, like, within the South Asian community, especially in the past, especially, like, during um, the colonization of India, it was very popular where dark-skinned girls struggled to find married partners in marriage. They Often, those times, the marriages were arranged. And there were, there were criteria. And still today, if you go to, like, India and stuff, where arranged marriages happen, and there's criteria... Um, People will be like, oh, I want a girl with these qualities. One of the qualities they'll say is fair-skinned. And for us, it's very unusual because we, um, I know a lot of people call it, we woke. Like, we know what's going on. But to a lot of people who don't know what's going on, it's quite hard. They don't understand the effects of colorism on you personally, finding your identity like Stephanie, Mm -hmm. and then later on in life. So does colorism, do you think it only affects you like in terms of like beauty or could it affect you in terms of like, in terms of like how people judge you, like for instance, getting a job, stuff like that. Do you think like there's more benefits to being light skin? Definitely. Like even with um, dating preferences, people usually go for light skins. It's the same as racism, not going to lie. It has the same sort of um, discrimination. Cause I know in my school, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. I don't know if this is too controversial, but colorism is definitely quite a huge part of my school um, especially when it comes to like teachers and again friends and your community so if you're like maybe in yeah like a community which is people of color you'll obviously have that division and that division depends on like how um, you go about your life so if you need help with something you'll feel like like your self-esteem affects how your mental health carries you throughout and your confidence also so if maybe you're going to like a public speaking convention or something um, you won't necessarily carry that confidence within you because you have your beauty standards that's already lacking that decreases your self-esteem and that also affects your mental health and how you carry yourself and how you value yourself 
and how you value yourself affects how you interact with the people in your community. So I think inevitably it does affect, you know, the jobs you take, um, you know, maybe internships you may be going up for, your subjects, your school, because you won't try as hard because you think you're not worth um, the value that other people are given because society tells you you're not um, enough and that you're not beautiful and you're not held to a certain type of value. And obviously that doctrination, that reiteration of you not being beautiful, you start to somewhat believe that as well. So even with that, I know I have been with a few, I've worked with a few companies and from that, from entering the business world, I know that confidence plays a huge part with everything you do. Whatever job you're going after, whatever university you're going after, when you're doing interviews, taking tests, um, confidence and self-esteem plays a huge part in your life. And if you don't think that what you're saying is of some sort of value, or if you're not in some sort of value, then you're obviously not going to try as hard to go after what you're pursuing. And again, if you're not trying as hard, it's just, you know, reinforcing the statement that um, dark-skinned people aren't up to a certain value because you believe you're not up to a certain value. So you're putting yourself under that um, standard. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, so, but let's say you are confident. So I, mm-hmm. I, when I look at you, Stephanie, I think that you are quite confident and you know yourself now. Maybe you've done it in your past. But let's say you were going for head girl, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think others would, like, do you think other people would judge you for being a darker skin? person do you think that would be a factor in trying to get for head girl like a negative factor definitely because um being head girl not gonna lie it comes with a lot of um popularity points Mm. and obviously like first impressions make everything i know when i first got into high school a lot of people didn't really want to talk to me because i looked what's the word intimidating or not somebody to be spoken to so if you're not going to try and like connect with the people that you're supposed to lead then how are you supposed to be head girl so it does play a huge part yeah so if you don't look approachable if they're not who they think you should who where am i going with this (laughs) if they don't think that you're someone you're someone that they want to be led by then obviously you're not going to be stephanie and this culture of colorism where do you think it's stemming from in modern society? Because obviously we not victims. Okay. We are victims in a sense of ancestry of colonialism and stuff, but it's not relevant now. Like we have different races in our schools and stuff. So how do you think this culture of colorism has been continued? Well, like I said, it's hard to, um, somewhat connect or notice an issue that you're not not necessarily um affected by like for me it's not like a modern day issue that's been you know somewhat slowly disappearing that's not necessarily the case it's active in my life every single day it's something that i have to fight against every single day like how some people say that no we're more woke now so racism isn't really a thing that's not true (laughs) it just depends on the community you're in the environment you're in and kind of like the mindset you have so obviously for you have more of a woke mindset so you're like no that doesn't make sense why would people be colorist come on it's 2021 no it's not the case be surprised and i think like also, like you're saying, it's ingrained in us, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Even like if you look at children's books, I think it's something that people need to be aware of, especially with African um, literature mm-hmm. and children's books. You'll see a lot of the characters are always painted or um, illustrated with having fair skin. Yeah. And only now, if you see, you look at past books versus present books, it's changed where 
they actually included darker skinned um, characters. And people will often look at it and be like, wow, that looks weird because we're not used to seeing it. Yeah. So just something to be aware of. We still do have, you know, that problem. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we still have that problem. Um, I don't know if you watched the movie The Hate You Give. Yeah, I have. The book. It's the, a dark it's based skin. based off the book, yes. The movie, it's a light skin on social media. Oh, I want mixed babies. Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Look at her curly hair. It's not 4C, it's 4A and it's beautiful. Like, I still see that every day on my Instagram, the movies I watch. Um, Yeah, it's more diverse now, but it's still extremely prevalent in society. I feel like I'm being interrogated by you guys. I'm supposed to be asking questions, not the other way around. Do you think it's getting better? I know I'm asking another question, but... Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we need to, this is the way of educating us, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know too much on this topic, so, like, I don't think I could answer too many questions, but I have a lot of questions to ask you. That's know? cool. So do you, think it's, do you think it's getting better? <sighs> no. I don't think it's getting better. I think it's somewhat um, plateaued because um, social media has become such a huge part of our lives and um, conformity has become such a big part of our lives and just um, beauty has been become such a big part of our lives. And we still somewhat see light skin as beautiful. Again, it depends on the community you're in and the environment we're in. Um, specifically in like South Africa, it's not too great because we are a rainbow nation, da 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 da. But um, especially growing up in like a cultural set, cultural setting, it doesn't change because people believe that what they learned, like as a child from their parents, is what is to be. So growing up with like those oppressive generational ideologies just being passed on from generation to generation, I guess in some sense it does somewhat change or alter. But I think it's still pretty prevalent, especially now that people are trying to somewhat conform to society and be like a part of society with social media, with um, just <sighs> popularity and so on. So instead of trying to make the change and be different, we're trying to conform to somewhat belong. So Stephanie, we've spoken about what the actual issue is, but early we can we move to how we can combat the issue? So earlier you spoke about confidence, but how can we address colorism within our families and our, within our friends? Because sometimes we don't realize it's actually realize it's actually going on. So how do we approach our elders, for example? I know it's something we've uh, spoken about in other podcast episodes where we need to approach them with respect. How do we do that? I think, you know, one problem with I have with our generation is like, we always want to make a change. Let's go out there and make a change. Let's go there and make a change. Let's change that person's mind. Let's change that person there. Let's change the older generation. Let's make a change in the new generation. Why don't we be the change we want to see? Because it's very hard to change people. It's very hard to change someone's mindset, especially when it's been literally doctrinated into them from the beginning of their life. Like, I know speaking to your parents or elders or, you know, the older generation, let me just be honest, the possibilities of you actually changing them, it's very slim. And even with that, I don't believe people change, people grow from what they are. So again, education is key, knowledge is key, and again, being the change in the representation you want to see is how you influence other people to change. So what you're saying is that we should almost not try and teach the older generation. We should almost give up on them and, and start from lower down. 
not give up on them, but again, just educate, educate, educate. Like for me, um, I'm here. I'm talking about it now. Before, when I wasn't too confident with it, it was just, you know, something that I thought was normal or something that should be. And I actually learned to take confidence in myself and my skin from seeing other people do the same. So if an adult sees, oh, okay, she's dark skinned, but she thinks she's beautiful and she's confident, she values herself, hmm, maybe I should value her too. And even with that, once you learn to gain confidence and value in yourself, you realize that what you're saying um, and the life you're leading is actually something that needs to be, you know, spoken about and heard of. Because uh, most of the time people think, oh, I don't have any value in myself or my worth. So obviously the course I'm fighting for isn't necessarily of value as well. So by starting with us, we can now take what we've learned from ourselves, the confidence we have, and take that energy and put it into the older generation, um, just disperse that energy to our community through our education, through saying, hey, this is an issue. I don't feel comfortable with this. We need to talk about this issue. I don't, I didn't feel comfortable when you said that I'm beautiful for a black child. I didn't feel comfortable when you said, oh, um, you're light skinned, so you're more beautiful, because that's not necessarily the case. Did you know um, the brown paperback test? Did you know about the ideology behind light skin being more beautiful? Did you know this? Did you know that? Again, education is key, but that education starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us. And from there, we can spread that to society. Stephanie, just before you continue... You spoke about the brown paper bag test earlier and you referenced it again now. So mm -hmm. our audience who doesn't know what the brown paper test bag is, can you just give a brief explanation? Sure. Um, the brown paper bag test. So back in the day, um, around the slavery time, like right after slavery ended, um, this was mostly in America. Um, they had the same apartheid system type of thing. So... You know, they had like um, separate amenities for different people and they test whether you'd like um, be able to enter maybe this restaurant or this um, restroom or whatever with a brown paper bag. So if you were lighter than the brown paper bag, I'm sure we all know what a brown paper bag looks like. <laughs> so they test like if you were lighter than, than the brown paper bag, then you could go into whatever place you were going into. If you were darker than the brown paper bag, then you wouldn't be allowed to. So it was just testing how, you know, perfect, air quotes, you are by a brown paper bag. So that was the standard for color. Okay. Thanks, Stephanie. So basically what we can conclude from this conversation is basically it starts with me saying, Stephanie, you are beautiful. I don't need to specify why you're beautiful that because you're a black child, a dark black child, you're beautiful. It, we just need to say you are beautiful. There's no need to add in that extra little comment here and there. No, I don't think it's necessary. But I know that people really do struggle with um, finding their identity because color is a huge part of my life, I know. And it's a huge part of, I know, a lot of girls' lives. So maybe that extra comment here and there would be nice. Just a little reassurance that, okay, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am of value. And it's not, you need to remember, it's not just about beauty. It's just about finding value and worth in yourself through who you are. Because again, society will repeatedly tell you that you're not of worth because you're in this rank. We need to remove that rank, take out that rank and that hierarchy and realize that life is a spectrum. We all look different and we need to acknowledge that our difference is where we find our beauty and our value. It's not just on looks. By embracing our differences. Yeah, embracing our differences.
Question. I'm not putting you on the spot, Duncan, or Tishel. <laughs> Would you date a dark-skinned girl, or have you? I personally haven't, but yes, I definitely would. I don't, I don't see love as in like something you can control. You know, I think love picks who love wants. So if I happen to love anything, like I think I would date whatever I was loving. So if that happened to be a dark-skinned girl, a white girl, whatever, I think love decides. Yeah, I agree with Duncan. Who you love, I don't think it's really up to your choice. It just happens and that's what happens. But I know if I were to date a dark-skinned girl, I would receive a lot of hate from mm. family members, for example. And I think you can almost put this parallel, not on the same level, but parallel to um, biracial couples and biracial children, because I feel like they experience a very similar um, context, with, especially with an identity crisis. Obviously, I'm not biracial, so I can't comment, but it would be amazing if we could hear from a biracial person. Maybe we can have a second session. That would be fun with different backgrounds. <laughs> um, how would you feel, Duncan, if you brought home... Well, how would your parents feel, actually, if you brought home a dark-skinned girl? Would that be an issue? So my sister's actually dating an Indian boy. Oh, great. Um, and they're very acceptance, like accepting of that. Like It actually wasn't even a big deal at all. It was like the same as if she would have brought home a, a white male to be honest like it wasn't any other reaction and same from me like I didn't react any differently so I think they would be absolutely fine with it oh my gosh you guys are so woke I love it <laughs> but I think it's also like community and context dependent yeah because obviously if your parents understand society now they know what's going on whereas if I'm a child of an immigrant family for example that came from America, from India, they wouldn't understand the context to say, oh, my son brought home a, a white girl or a dark-skinned girl. They'd be very confused because I know biracial, um, interracial relations are already very complex in a sense for a lot of families. So for Duncan's family, it may be fine. For me, it may be fine. But how other people take it, we can't control that. And I don't think that should affect our relationship. Yes, it can affect how our partner may feel, but it's our duty to try and make people who are dark-skinned, who are different from us, feel comfortable with who they are and not want to change that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I actually, I'm actually from an immigrant family. That's why I feel like it affects me so much because when they see a different race, it's like, whoa, this wasn't in my country. Like, <laughs> Which country? Um, Nigeria, from Nigeria. So when they see different races, it's like, I didn't see this. I've never seen this. I don't know what this is. And obviously, if they don't know something, then they obviously immediately assume it's wrong. Bringing it back to colorism, I think, obviously, I don't know with Duncan expressed how that his family is very open to it. But I know a lot of other families, they would be very, have very different um, reactions to bringing a white person home versus a dark-skinned person home. And that's back to colorism again and not racism. Yeah, actually, you're right. I didn't actually think about that. Would you like to elaborate? So, for example, not my family per se, but I know in South Asian culture especially, if I were to bring home, a, for example, a Chinese girl or a white girl, my family 
if my family were like this, they would probably be highly accepting to that. They'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Wow, your babies are going to look so cute because it's just a common thing they'd say. But if I had to bring home a dark-skinned African person, I think the comments wouldn't be very direct, but they'd be underhanded. They'd be... Um, I think it would like cut you slowly up into little pieces. And it's something we need to make people aware of. Yeah, you're so right. Um, even with that, I feel like we need to learn to... Um, where am I going with this? <laughs> um, I feel like even with my um, family, it would actually be the other way around. Um, if I were to bring home a white boy, actually, I've done this once. Um, I had a talk with my mom and dad once, and I said, what would you do if I brought home, like, a white guy or a Chinese guy? And they just laughed at me. <laughs> They're like, no, you can't do that because um, that removes culture from the family. Um, what are you going to teach your kids? Are they going to learn, you know, the Nigerian languages, cultures, traditions? That wouldn't work because it, actually that's more of a cultural thing than a colorism thing. But also like mixed babies, they don't necessarily see that as beautiful. They see it as different. So they see it as wrong. Um, so I guess it's different in that sense. I think so. This is a discussion I think we should carry like do a second episode with yes um so you'll definitely hear more on this topic this was fun guys thank you so yeah, much that was really good. it was thanks really guys. nice having this discussion <laughs> thanks stephanie so we had a lovely talk today about colorism really fun and please take this into your families into your communities with your parents if you experience colorism please be sure to speak up about it and learn that let's reuse the black is beautiful phrase and actually take it in a positive connotation. Let's take that back. The same way we took back, not allowed to say it. Wait, I'm black. I am the same way we took back nigger is the same way you can take back. Um, black is beautiful. So whatever color or shade or gender or culture you're from, just know that it's beautiful. Individuality is star. It's perfection. And you are perfect the way you were made. And it's, need to take value in who you are, your identity, and your purpose in life. And we're going to end off with that, guys. Thank you so much once again. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Johannesburg Junior Council in partnership with Red Radio.